Jeremy asked if we could pray over the choirs they dismiss for the summer. Just a little break. God, we thank you so much uh, for the community we share, for the gifts you have given folks. God, it's one thing to be in a band, but it's another thing to be part of a group where all the instruments are alive. So we thank you for the way uh, that you speak through them. We ask your blessing upon them and bring them safe back this fall. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, friends, if we haven't met, my name is Adam, and I typically talk during this period of time, but uh, today I'm, I'm excited that uh, Riley Fultz is going to be bringing our message. She is a student at Jewel. She'll tell you a little bit about herself, but she's somebody who's grown up in this church. And I went to a conference uh, one time and they did something like this. And I just thought, we got to do that at church. You know, it's one thing for, you know, when the staff preach or that's, that's my job. So no one's impressed to get up and talk, but, but Riley has done this as her semester has finished within the last week or two, and then she's headed to Europe with a, a thing through William Jewell next week. So in between, she planned herself a sermon. And so what I would like to do is to affirm her and encourage her, not based on, like at the end, whether we liked what she said or not, but at the beginning to show her we appreciate her effort and her faithfulness. So won't you give a standing ovation to my girl, Riley so much for being here this morning. Um, like Adam said, my name is Riley and I have grown up in this church. Um, I went to Joyful Noise for preschool, so I've been here for a long time. Um, and gosh, what, what an honor and a privilege it is to just stand here and talk to you guys about Jesus today. Um, last week we started talking about the armor of God. Um, we talked about the belt of truth and the battle against the mind and the, the breastplate of righteousness um, and the battle against sin. Today we're going to continue that series as we talk about the shield of faith. And what I hope we'll learn today as we study God's word together is that faith is not measured by our feelings, but by which direction our feet are pointing. Um, as a nursing student, I take a lot of science classes, and this isn't directly related to like the human body or anything, but it's still science, so I'll drop that on you. Um, gravity comes from the Latin word gravitas, which means weight. And it's defined as the natural phenomenon in which everything that has mass or energy is attracted to one another. Without gravity, it would be impossible to inhabit Earth. Uh, the great thing about gravity, though, is that we don't really have to think about it. It just kind of happens, and we trust it. So I guess you could say we have faith in gravity. But let's look at what the Bible has to say about faith. And just a heads up, we're going to be in the Word quite a bit today, so I hope that's cool with everyone. Um, let's start in Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10. I know we just read this, but you can never get too much of the Bible. So here we go. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in times of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. The first thing I notice is that the shield of faith is the first piece of armor that's meant to be used for the entire body. Now, yes, I believe that the armor we're talking about is not physical metal and massive pieces of wood. So technically, none of the armor is just used for one piece of your body. Like, the, the piece that the shoes provide is not just for your feet. It's for your whole body. Um, so it's used for our souls as a whole. 
But let's get some context on the size of shield that Paul is talking about here. Shields in his time weren't like the small shields that we talked about a little bit last week, like the uh, Captain America shield or Wonder Woman shield. Um, these shields were big and bulky, like three feet tall, two feet wide, just massive things. Um, the shields covered almost from head to toe, and that's so interesting to me. What if that means that faith isn't just something that's lived out in your heart or in your head, but in your entire body? I think that if faith were just in our hearts, it would be a breastplate, and if it were just in our heads, it would be a helmet. But as we have learned and will continue to learn, those pieces of armor are already in use. Faith is shown and lived out by more than just words. It's through every single action that we make. So it must be a large object because it's a large matter. I also noticed that the shield covers only the front of our bodies. It's meant to be held up and used to march forward. The shield doesn't cover our back, so we must not turn around and retreat because then our backs will be exposed. So what is the shield protecting? Faith to me is trust that an implication, trust with an implication that action based on that trust will follow. So faith is believing that because we believe and trust the Lord, our actions will reflect the faith that we have. And this is the same idea as the age-old saying, actions without words. Words without actions are worthless. And guess what? The Bible says so too. Uh, in James 2, James writes something that seems so obvious to us, but I think we miss the mark on frequently. He says this starting in verse 14. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Let me read that again. So you see, faith by itself is not enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. And I don't know about you, that's kind of convicting to me. How many times do we show up at church on Sunday, all happy and cheery and listen to the message, but by the time dinner rolls around, we've completely forgotten what we learned? <laughs> or we yelled at our family on the way out the door Monday morning? Or better yet, we forget all of the things that the Lord says are true about us as we lay in bed after a hard day at school or work. As we read earlier, this is not a battle of flesh and blood. The battles we're talking about are not physical combat, and I would almost argue that they're more deadly than that. The battles that we're fighting require this armor, and they're battles within our soul. Battles that we can't see, battles that aren't in your face, they're in your spirit. And I'm just going to keep it real with you guys. The ruler of the unseen world is a fancy word for the devil. And I don't mean to say that, or I don't say that to scare you guys. I say that to bring glory to the um, Father that's given us a perfectly fitting piece of armor to protect us from those schemes. When we take up the shield of faith, the arrows will just hit and bounce right off. But I think it's important to acknowledge that just because we have all this armor on doesn't mean the devil's just going to look at us and say, oh shoot, they got all dressed up, put on their armor, might as well go put my bow and arrow away because it's not worth it. No, he's still going to shoot a shot and chances are he's going to hit you. Um, but our shield will have nicks in it and our shoes will get holes in them. But I can promise you that the schemes of the devil will not prevail because God already won this battle. And that's the good news. We're told in Ephesians that the battle that we face is a battle against the schemes of the devil. But Christ defeated that through his crucifixion, death, and most importantly, his resurrection. 
There's nothing that we will face that he has, has not already conquered. In Mark 4, 35 through 41, we see that even the disciples who knew Jesus, who walked with him personally, still struggle with doubts overwhelming their faith. The word says, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care? We're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. These people, the disciples, were close in proximity and relationship to Jesus, and they still doubted. Like, can you imagine if Jesus is standing next to you and he tells you to go do something, and you're like, mm, I don't know about that. Like, I think that we would follow what he said. Even if we're close to Jesus, we can still experience doubt, and we will. But our God is the master of the winds and waves. He calms the raging sea, and he'll calm the raging sea within you. But we must ask him. We must have faith and courage to ask him to intervene in the battles that we face and to point our feet and move forward, even when the solution may not be clear. As I was preparing this message and discussing the topic of faith, my friend Tess said this, and I couldn't have found anything truer. She said, the shield of faith does not make you self-confident. It makes you God-reliant. To me, reliance on God only happens when you truly know him. And it takes faith to believe that the time we invest to know Christ will be worth it. In Philippians 3, it says this, starting halfway through verse 9. For God's way of making us right through himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one day or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Having faith is pleasing to God. It says in Hebrews 11:6 that it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those that sincerely seek him. So with all of that being said, I'm sure you're wondering, so what? How do I make this work for my, for my life? Seek him. It's not going to be easy, and no one ever said it would be. And if it was, we wouldn't need all of this armor. But God graciously gives us these tools in order to seek him and to build his kingdom. Your shield will protect you from the flaming arrows of the devil. Those arrows may look different for all of us. They could be flaming arrows of pride, flaming arrows of anger, flaming arrows of impure thoughts, of addiction, of lying, of doubt. And I don't know what personal battles you face, but I do know that sometimes it can be hard to trust the shield that we've been given. As some of you may know, I started college on a completely different path than what I'm currently pursuing. Um, I started at Northwest in Maryville, pursuing a degree in agricultural business. And I got to Maryville, and I absolutely loved it. It was so much fun. College was awesome. There was no one telling me what to do. And um, then the new wore off. And that was super real. And I just, I was taking classes, and I wasn't feeling fulfilled by the things that I was learning about, like a lot of people do when they choose the right path. Um, and I just, you know, I just kept pushing on. But um, about a month into my sophomore year, I was sitting on my couch in my apartment, scrolling through TikTok, as you do, and I came across this nurse who's explaining how she communicates to her pediatric patients um, and how she explains what's going to go on to them in little kid terms. 
And it was in that moment that I knew that I made the wrong choice in terms of degree path. So I sent my mom a text, um, who happens to be in the best position that I could have needed her to be in, as a nursing student liaison at William Jewell, where she interviews transfer students just like me. Um, I sent her this text. Although I should clarify, she didn't interview me, I interviewed with the chair of the department, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> On today's episode of Irrational Thoughts Inside Riley's Brain, we have a special guest named, she wants to be a nurse, and she said, Dear Baby Jesus, and come the jewel, you know what's super crazy about this? I just had the exact same thought this weekend, last night maybe, probably when you were talking about Aaron Hahn. Uh, we were talking about how Aaron was going to pursue an extra degree in nursing. And I said, I know, yes, and uh, that kind of freaks me out. Because it did. I was scared because I knew God was calling me to something different. Yeah. Um, so I started taking, the I took the long road of changing my major, taking prereqs to get into nursing school, and ultimately I transferred to Jewel where I am currently. At first, this journey was similar to the last one. It was fun and exciting, but also like the last one, the reality of it hit me pretty quickly. And I learned just how difficult it was going to be to live out what I thought God was calling me to do. I struggled with doubt, fear that I made the wrong choice yet again, and ultimately I was just mad at God. So one day I was driving around Maryville, as you do again, um, and I was crying and praying and just asking the Lord to just reveal part of his plan to me. And I never had a God moment where he came over the speakers and was like, yes, be a nurse. That never happened. Um, I actually have yet for that to happen. That would be kind of cool. But, but what I do have is a support system that has never failed to encourage me to keep pushing on. And a lot of them are sitting in this room right now. Um, I often still struggle to believe that I have what it takes to be a nurse. It's hard. College is hard. Life is hard. But one thing that keeps me going is that I've never been so full of joy in my life. And I've never trusted the Lord like this. And somehow it keeps working out. My shield has protected me from the flaming arrows of the devil. It's deflected all the doubt and fear that I've let creep in through school. But that's not to say that I haven't felt the sting of it, because I definitely have. But because I have my shield of faith, I only have little nicks and not massive burns and wounds. Because I have my shield of faith, God will do the rest. He will fill the gaps. If all we believed in were things that we could see, we wouldn't be able to fly planes or drive cars or walk down the street without being tossed into a frenzy of instability and confusion. And I don't know about you, but I don't know a ton about gravity, and it's hard for me to grasp, but I trust it. And what I didn't mention earlier was the other definition of gravity. This word can also mean extreme or alarming importance. So in that case, the gravity of the Lord is unfathomable. But I'm going to trust him like my life depends on him, because frankly, it does. And that's faith. Trusting in the unseen and believing that there's a greater power that lives in you than lives in the world. The gauge of faith is not how we feel emotionally moment to moment. It's not our feelings. It's our feet and which direction they're pointing. We're meant to advance the kingdom, not retreat. Are we ready to pick up our shield and march forward in faith? Or are we going to turn around and let our backs be vulnerable to the arrows of the evil one? Let's not turn our backs on God's faithfulness. Are you going to march on with your faith in Jesus as your shield? Let's fasten our belts, cover our hearts with the breastplate, pick out our favorite shoes apiece, hold tightly to your shields, walk in faith and please God. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Will you pray with me? Father, we come to you this morning with just great gratitude. We thank you so much for the opportunity to be spreaders of your word. 
We thank you that you trust us with that job because it's a big one, but you've equipped us and you've prepared us to share the good news with others who don't know it. God, we pray that you would just continue to walk before us so that we may follow behind you into the kingdom of heaven. I thank you so much for this opportunity, and I thank you for the support system that is this church that has just gotten me through so much in this life. Father, I thank you, and we lift all of these things up in your name. Amen.